Today, my guest is actress Kim Rose. Many of you guys know her as the most amazing ultra mom Carrie Martin on Disney Channel's Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, but she's also been on Supernatural and Star Trek and Criminal Minds. The list goes on and on. I really enjoyed my conversation with Kim. We've been trying to get together for a while now, and it's just so wonderful to see someone like Kim existing because we need more Kims, especially for young actors. You'll see why. I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Vulnerable. I am so happy to have you here. Hi. Hi, we did it. Hi, we did we're it. We're here. We're here. We're here. How many, like Hi. now years probably? Yeah. I've reached out to you um, several times, but like I think the first time was probably when I was doing cooking content. Could have been. It could have been like when 2020-ish... 2021. Was it through my manager? Was it through, you know what, if it was through an agent, they probably already weren't representing me anymore and just ignored you. You know, this is the thing. <laughs> I want to mention that agents are like the worst. I yeah. just want to say, I mean, I, 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 I talk to mine maybe like a couple times a year because I'm not like actively trying to work in the biz. Um, and, uh, my, my manager's a sweetheart of a person, but he's not like He's not like um, a bulldog, you know, it's like he's just a very different person in a very angry and volatile business. Yeah. So I never expect him to like be chasing down things for me. You know, I'm like creating my own opportunity. Yeah. But but suffice it to say, agents don't generally give you like calls in, like even though they love to do that. I've also really found that from trying to engage with people and collaborate with people that I'm like, this is a one for one. This is not an, this is an easy layup for Kim and I to to talk to each other. And that is why I have enjoyed social media because there's no middleman most of the time, most of the time, unless it's like, you know, you're Kiki Palmer and you just can't even, you know, break yeah, down. You actually need someone to organize the space and the time and the things. Otherwise mm -hmm. you're like a What's the game? Is it Pachinga? Uh, Where Tetris. Tetris? Tetris? That too. Same thing. Pachanga, Whatever it is. I like there's shit that falls yep. and it makes a mess if yes, you don't Kim. do it right. Preach it. So there you go. It's called life. It's that shit. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I see how people would need like a um, manager, manager uh -huh, to uh -huh. actually manage. But for the most part, it's just kind of like unnecessary gatekeeping so that they can feel like they're doing something. A one thousand percent. They're earning their commission, so to speak. But right. the problem is, is that they also you said they're gatekeeping unnecessarily when we could be having conversations and talking. And so I'm just so happy we finally did get to connect through like DM and then, and for a while it's been one thing or another and, and we're here. Like I'm, I'm really happy. Thank you for showing up for me. And that means a lot. <laughs> Your you hair too. looks amazing. Oh, I feel like this is new. Uh, it's well, it's feral. I've gone feral. <laughs> You're the second person today to tell me. Oh, really? Feral. I've gone completely feral. It's, it doesn't know what it's doing. <laughs> I decided to grow it out after, because I spent a long time on a show where I had a very, um, well, oh, I mean, yeah. there was the short spiky mom yes, cut. Yes. And then it was like super short cop cut. And then I was like, mm. oh, maybe I'm not working because my hair. Mm. No. No. But I but now I'm <laughs> amused by my hair. So I'm letting it I'm living, you know, I want to see what its potential is. It's it's living its best life. Is this like is this real texture or did you style it and it's Oh texture? no, this is a crimping iron. Right, 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 right. So, this is but your yeah. it, your hair looks so it's good. It's just doing its own. You're right. Thing. I forgot about your haircut in in the uh the Disney show. Yeah. I'm like, should we say the names these days? And, I know. and pretty much I'm told that you can mention the show that you were on was called <laughs> It was the sweet life with spiky hair. Yes, the sweet life with spiky the hair. Sweet life with spiky Rhodes. hair, and yeah, I have not forgotten it because because millions of millennial children still make memes of me and Guy Fieri. 
so I will never forget that haircut. Uh, did you, how did you, did you come in with that haircut or did they yeah. give it to you? Oh yeah. No, I came in with it. It was, it was, by the way, I think like that was also like a look at the time. I am um, an angry goth child mm -hmm. and I had to find a way to still be me, but be marketable. So that was my compromise. And then it kind of got picked up by mainstream, but by then the character had already been identified with this hair and Disney wasn't going to be like, sure, shave it. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't. So I, I had that hair and you then it kind of turned into something that it didn't originally start as. Interesting. Yeah. You know, the, the, the boys, they also had those like bowl cuts. Yep. And those bowl cuts, the Justin Bieber haircut at the yep. time was huge. Um, and when you look at Disney, like with even Stevens, we had the uh, the boys, you know, it was a different time. They had like the hair parted down the middle. They had like the spikier hair um, for a while. And um, they also had the Hawaiian t-shirts. Oh, yes. I feel like the the Sprouse boys, they started on Sweet Life being more like a Louis Stevens spinoff type character. Yeah. Well, they did. They tried to differentiate, you know, you, you tell characters apart by how they're dressed. So Dylan's character, Zach, had the wacky shirts and the Hawaiian prints. And mm -hmm. then Cole's character, Cody, was always in sweater vests. Mm -hmm. That's right. I'm forgetting yeah. this. She actually like, did. They were like I oversized, mean, though, right? I feel like they were, or he wasn't yeah, like crappy. No, they, I didn't they watch did the show a really great. Our wardrobe designer was amazing. She had a real eye for trends and managed to find fun ways of making us still feel cute. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what the boys, oh, I'm touching my microphone, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what the boys' experience was, but I know that that um, that uh, uh, Ashley and Brenda and I all at least discussed that we felt, you know, cute, as cute as you could be. Yeah, you, I mean, Ashley Tisdale that. was absolutely adorable on that. Her, they're, they're, both of their characters were like these little, very, very female you know, girls yep. with uh, the outfits and they were iconic together. They yeah. truly were. So I'm glad that they gave you a little bit of creative freedom as well. And yeah. they honor, because I do think that speaking from somebody now, I'm 39. I think that the parts are going to start, you know, if I were to kind of tackle that, I know that I would be the mom, you know, like the mom part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why I was excited to talk to you today because I'm there now. You know, I'm there when probably older than when you started. I was uh, uh, in another year. The boys will be the same age I was when I booked the role. I think I was 32. When That's I booked wild. It. Do you want to hear the feedback I got when Disney Channel was still like really in production with sitcoms and stuff? Basically, it was like I think Gary was still president. Gary Marsh. Great guy. But he was like, he was like, you just don't look old enough. You don't look old enough to have like teenage kids. And I was, he's like, you don't know. No, it was, he says, you don't look old enough to be a mom. And I was literally with my child at an event. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? You know, okay. So here's a story that I can only <laughs> tell on a podcast, obviously not a Disney uh, friendly story, but in the audition, they, <laughs> <laughs> please tell me, they asked me, they said, are you old enough to have 11 year old twins. And I said, I could have legally given them fetal alcohol syndrome. <laughs> and they cast me anyway. 
So they knew what they were in for when they got me. I love that. <laughs> the edgy like, goth girl. Oh, so angry. So not. <laughs> I'm not what you want to hire on Disney. Oh, but had yeah, you, they did. I was going to say, like, what, what, what you're in terms of your background. No clue. I had just come off of doing Shakespeare in Southern Oregon. Mm -hmm. And I was going back. I was going to move to Southern Oregon and do Shakespeare for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then this came through and I was so... Not, I'd done sitcoms, but even then I'd done a lot of weird, edgy, quirky characters. I had not been mommified yet. Mm -hmm. So then this came along and I just approached it like I did any other character. And they had, I think they had screen tested Taylor Dane, I want to say. Okay. Like they, and um, there was another singer, like an actual... Like they wanted a singer for this, and mm -hmm. I was the other way. Mm -hmm. I was the other choice. You um, were the 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 cool eccentric goth girl mom. Yeah, <laughs> not the obvious choice. Yeah, I yeah uh -huh. I don't know, and they regretted it ever since. Oh, that's so funny. And no, they did. How do you know that? <laughs> because they told me it was one of the reasons I wasn't a part of the spinoff. <laughs> the, they were like, the, the executive producer comes in, he sits down, I've got good news and bad news. I was like, okay, Danny, what, what's up? Because the good news is we're getting a spinoff. And I was like, okay. And he goes, the bad news is you're not on it. Oh, literally. That's not the way you talk to actors. I'm sorry. It, it <laughs> hurts. Probably a good guy, but like. It hurts. I, and he knew that and he probably hated the rest of his day. It was just awful. And <laughs> oh God, what a horrible thing to say. Oh, I hate acting so much. <laughs> it's not even that I hate acting, right? It's like when you were talking about how you were into Shakespeare and everything. Can you take me back? It says, you know. You were in Southern Oregon. You went to, and you got a BFA there. I so. got a BFA in Southern Oregon. Then and I then went an to MFA. Yeah, at an Temple. MFA at Temple. Yeah. Um. And but the thing was, you you I couldn't sing and I couldn't dance. So Broadway was out. But I moved to New York and they have soap operas. That's right. Soap operas. Soap operas. Pay money. <laughs> and so I somehow managed to get me a little tiny itty bitty little gig on a soap opera called Another World. Oh, yes. I know mm -hmm. this. Yeah. And there was a great deal of uh, turmoil in the ranks of who was running that show. I kind of became a utilitarian character of mm. they were like, uh, this character is addicted to drugs. Who gave her the drugs? Cindy gave her the drugs. Uh, this character just had a bunch of jewelry stolen. Who's the cat burglar? Cindy's the cat burglar. That's amazing. And I ended up spending three years there just being like, it's me. I'm, I'm Cindy. It's me. I'm the voodoo priestess. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. Um, so the show was canceled. And by and by then, I just got really used to being able to pay rent. The 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 paths set before you as a as an artist are very. You can either be doing it for the the craft, or if you can find a way to do both, then good for you. But yep, it's not a. People know this. I don't know why they still do it, but <laughs> I don't either. I don't. I don't either. I truly don't. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So that was that was. Uh, so the soap opera was canceled. And um, I remember that one. I was 29, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, well, I'd better, if I'm going to try to do LA, I should probably get to LA before I'm 30 because by then I guess I'm dead. You were aware of your age by then? Oh, yes. Interesting. And uh, how, I mean, like, I want to say how far we've come, 
But I think if there's any kind of more of an open mindedness, it's only give or take a couple years. It's not like. No, it's still also I'm going to because my my resume is boring. They can find that online. Do you <laughs> find that as we get older, our characters are relegated to relationships and not actually characters? Like as soon as we hit a certain age, I became the wife, the mom, the this, mm -hmm. the that. Whereas characters with actual names only exist under a certain age range. Mm -hmm. And I still definitely see that, mm -hmm. um, that, that female characters exist just to be the emotional surrogate to keep the storyline going. Like sad mom number two is there so that the doctor remembers it's bad that the child is lying in the hospital bed and has someone to feel challenged by. Sad that's mom really, doesn't have a story. That's really shitty when you think about, you know, how right now representation is 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 on everyone's minds and yet ageism is still not being tackled. I I don't have, like when you were talking about agents, I don't have an agent. No. I don't. You I don't call, need an agent to oh, have a career. No, I don't have a career. I don't no, have any. I moved I, to Kim, the desert. Kim, that's not true that you don't have a career. You have a legacy, first of all. You're everyone's favorite mom. I've I've reconnected with you on social, which means that if you're on my feed, then and I saw people having such an you you had such an impact on so many folks. Like people people do like fan uh, edits of you, in that like you mm -hmm. raised them and fame and a career are two completely different things. Mm -hmm. When I um. I sent my last agents a letter that was like, I'm not getting a lot of stuff going on. Is this, is this working? And I didn't hear back. Mm -hmm. I followed up with like, what's going on? And they said, oh, we didn't even know we still represented her. Mm. And so that you, was the last agent I had. I was, you were like, I think this is it. The last job I had was someone who loves me very much, who wrote a show for me for a, a bunch of us, and it didn't get picked up. And he knew that I didn't have health insurance. Mm. And so he said, would you be willing to audition for my show? I think you'd be right for this role. I don't, I'm, I am 54 years old. You, you look amazing. Well, thank you. My Jesus. Thank you. But, but the industry has no space for a 54 year old. Not right now, at least. Now, what I will say though, is that there is this like concept of people keep telling me like, you look like you did when you were on Even Stevens. And like, that's, there's such like a reward point system for like not aging. Yeah. Um, there's a few creators that I see online that are making content um, when they're like, look at me, I'm like 87 and I look fantastic. Or like, not 87, that's pretty That's pretty old. I don't think they're 87. I think you could still look 87 <laughs> and fantastic. I think there's a girl that's 76. For, yeah. There's a girl that's 76 or something. And she, and she was like, you want to, and then I loved it. The other day she posted, she goes, you want to see how I look so good? And she she was getting injections and she was going to the doctor and it was like, this is what I do to look good. Like this is my self care ritual. And, and so it, for me at 39, who only just started getting Botox in the last like couple years, um, I'm like really fascinated by that. And I'm like, wow, age and the concept of it, it's really a lot for people to unpack. And, and, yeah. and also I think it's a reflection of like time and how time is passing and how it makes them uncomfortable. Um, but I, I genuinely think you look very much the same as when you were on the show as well. Oh. And so people probably tell you that as well. Thank you. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't, I generally spend most of my time around goats and they don't, they don't care. Goats don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. They mm -hmm. just want to know what's in my pockets. I love that. Um, 
But yeah, so that was that was That's by like my way <laughs> of yeah the mom the mom. There we go. The, they so want the snacks in my pockets. Playing, I know. Yeah, what you got? Where are we going? Are we done? What do we got? Um. So so playing the mom, uh, definitely is like is it a career ender? No, no, it's a soul crusher sometimes. <laughs> but no, there's I don't. So to bring it to you, because you said you are now moving into the area. What I try to do is look at, does the mom exist codependently of the other entities in this script? And if she does, then I can find a way to make her me. Mm -hmm. Now, I still have relationships. I still have reactions. I still am going to serve the script. But sad mom number two is very different than Carrie Martin. Mm-hmm. Carrie Martin had a full life and a backstory and a ba and yeah. and a need and a relationship and her relationships with all the characters are different and her love was genuine and she wasn't playing at the character was not written to play at a mom mm -hmm. she was a, she was a genuine person and um at the time I didn't appreciate because I did kind of feel like well I guess I'm, my career is done I guess mm -hmm. I'm the mom I get but now meeting people that I affected as children that look at me and go, oh, you were my, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You were my, you were the person that made it safe that we lived in a hotel. You were the person that made it safe mm. that I was, that I had a single mom. You were the person that made me know that things could be funny or okay. But that has healed any injury mm. that could ever have been done by the industry at that time mm -hmm. is getting to interact with the people that have returned the gift that I gave them so long ago. I know. And that's why I feel like I'm like, don't leave TikTok. Currently she's having a tantrum. Oh yeah. Because she hasn't gotten verified on TikTok and that's stupid. TikTok verify her. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> yes. And I'm not. And because I, because I do take, I, I mean, I used to hate being mom and now it is one of the most sacred things people can call me. Mm -hmm. I say, call me mom mm -hmm. or mom. mom. <laughs> I know my goats call me nan. Nan. I, I I had a really wonderful TV mom. I mentioned before it was Donna Pescow, and you know I remember she she I had a showmance on the Even Stevens movie, and she sat me um she sat me down and before I was we were about to you know wrap and I was gonna go to Columbia University and I was gonna start my my new life in New York. And she was like, honey, I need to tell you something. And I was like, what's up? We've never had like a one-to-one -one talk in your trailer before. And she was like, this is not going to go forward. I just want to let you know that this is like what happens sometimes. And so I, it was like the most, girl, you're a woman now conversation that I could have ever had with like a grown actress yeah. that's been through it, seen it all. And she, she, really, she really had my best interest at heart. And I was not offended at all by it because we really had been through it together. And I think she'd seen me day in and day out. And she, she never hovered. She never asserted herself, even though she herself was a mom with somebody with special needs. And she was probably stretched very, very thin during filming. And um, I love Donna. She's, have you met her, Donna mm -mm. Pascal? She's wonderful. She really is. And then she ended up having to fight Disney to direct. And they weren't really hiring a lot of female directors at that time. Uh-oh. 
Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I heard about this. I've never met her, but I've heard about. Interesting that you heard mm-hmm. about it. Okay, because that came before you guys too, mm-hmm. way before your, you know. Well, no, because Lee Shallot, uh, we had a female director for um, for the pilot. Mm. Oh, Lee, forgive me if I just got your last name wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, it was very long ago. I've slept since then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that was why that came up with the with the uh, female director isn't the and that's I think where I got this story. Interesting. So go ahead. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. She I was, didn't realize yeah. that she really uh, might have pioneered, and 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 I should tell her this. She paved the way then, and then eventually it became, you know, Corey Lunsford, and I would have sit downs where he was the head of programming, um, and he would be like, okay, like we have a new initiative. The initiative is to get female directors like supported Corey. here. I love Corey. Yeah, he 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 definitely I think has has helped. I think he's been an ally in that regard. I do think though, you know, they weren't handing out jobs though. Like people were still having to earn them in a competitive marketplace. When I came to them and I was like, "I want to direct." He was like, "Okay, get in line and shadow yeah, yeah, and keep yeah. shadowing." And I was like, you know, 7 months pregnant and I was like, "I don't think this is going to happen for me right now." So, um I I've seen a lot of women who are my age and older. Christine Lakin, I'm just going on record right now that if either of the Panabaker girls ever want to direct me, I'm I'm in. Well, you know that the the young Panabaker is actually a zoo, like a zoologist. Is she? I swear to God, That's she's like perfect. you. She's like a, a, of the goat, the goats That's and the animals. Perfect. And, mm-hmm. She's like into. She works with animals now. I love them so much. I love them too. Yes. And I, I I knew them when they were younger. I, I intimately had you know dinners with uh, with both of them, and I just I'm a big fan of them, and I would love for the for them to come on. It's just that they were a little private, you know. And and why wouldn't they be? Yeah. I've tried to get the Spr- and by the way, I would love to get the Sprouse boys on. You know, they were on Even Stevens. You know, one of I think their first jobs besides Big Daddy, I think maybe it was before Big Daddy, was on Even Stevens. They played baby twins that uh, Lewis's character had to babysit for. They had a whole episode. And I remember them being on set and I remember that whole episode was like surrounding them. And it was, it's wild. Oh, and it's just wild to me that they grew up. Little guys, <laughs> little guys. I know, I know. How, I, I'm curious. Um, so what was your relationship like with them then? I love them so much. Now it's mm-hmm. interesting because people are like, are you still in contact with them? And I like to say, think about your favorite teacher from when you were in fifth grade, like the teacher you loved so much, probably, probably not still in touch with them. Yeah. Like that was that we loved. And I had, I did not have like, what was your, I had different unique relationships with them. Um, Based on your relationship to the subject too. Well, and also like, Cole had different interests and Cole was fascinated. Cole was one of the only people that gave a shit that I was an ex-goth. And he was like, really, tell me more about the dark side. I was like, come here, my child. I will introduce you to the dark side. <laughs> Whereas Dylan and I, Dylan and I would just be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gah, here's my heart right now. How is yours? Oh, mine is beating like this. It's like just like straight to deep emotional Rhea and then back to like, see, I like dogs too. <laughs> you know, so um, so we had a, a relationships that was so beautiful, mm-hmm. but they were kids. And that's it, what I was gonna say. What do you think? Weird. I was if, gonna say, what's an appropriate relationship to have as 
as somebody who, you know, if I was to be on set as a mom, knowing what I know about child actors and like what they're going through and now even knowing about what the Sprouse brothers were going through at that time. So it's like, how do you, can you, do you think that in the current infrastructure of production that as an adult on set in close proximity to them, um, either maybe things that you witness or things you don't witness, but you in, 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 in what is it? Into it? Into yes. it? Yes. Into yep. it? Um, how can you like advocate for them and show up for them and like truly make it a really positive impact? Mm. Ah, well, um, I wasn't the only one who loved them. Mm-hmm. First of all, they had they had people on set that were even closer to them and took a more active role in their lives. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect. I never felt like, ah, I want to be that. But like they all they were they were held perfectly. Mm. Um That said, I did have a tantrum with the writers because I wasn't very good at negotiating. Um, I wasn't very aware of subtlety. And so Mm -hmm. there was, I'm wondering if this is going to get me in trouble. We'll cut it out Um, if you don't want it on. Oh, no, no, no. no. I just, I think it'll be okay. Okay. Uh, I just won't name names. Um, Someone of significant power came down to the craft service, which is where they have all the tasty food, for those of you who don't know. It's the best place. And screamed at the number of donuts and said no more junk food until he looks like him again. Because Dylan and Cole had different body types. Mm-hmm. And in front of everyone, Dylan was body shamed. And I fucking lit into the, I was like, you do not, you don't have the right to say that to a child. You don't have the right to be writing for children if that is your attitude. Never again mm-hmm. do you speak like that. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. That was, and I think that was the only time that I really, and I don't know how to advocate, but I know how to have feels. You know how to get that goth girl out. Yeah. You goth girled it out. We need goth so girls on set. Fucking, and I don't mm. have the ability to stick up for myself that way. Yeah, well, it's different when it's a kid that you care about. But you, you, and, what, and what they- What is it? It's just like, it's like a hurt they have. So they're hurting other people, especially when kids are- well, and also, kids, it's so easy to commodify children. What the fuck? That's so wrong, right? It is so easy. <laughs> well, we were talking about that before the show where you were like, yeah. oh, these child actors tend to pick up on da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, yeah, because they're smart. Oh, They had right. to what survive. Were we what were we We saying? were talking about um, getting the TikTok the TikTok oh, stuff I was saying, on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying, you, we were talking about smart versus dumb actors. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> there is no such thing as a child, as a dumb child actor. Yeah. They may have other issues, but there is not a dumb child actor. They are smart because they've had to survive as a commodity. Mm-hmm. And so children's programming, using children inherently commodifies the very audience they are claiming to serve. Reach. Just saying. Reach. <laughs> No, please. Yeah, please. So it wasn't. So it. So it. So in this conversation, this person was not thinking. Uh, this is a child with feelings. Let me ask you this. Yeah. How, okay. So where were th- this is what I care about all the yeah. time. 
like already, you know, we've we've just lost a young an, a young actor named Angus Cloud yeah. from Euphoria. Everyone yeah. is kind of like I think very affected by this because I think the inherent it's very sad generationally. I think like the the kids are not all right. Um, yeah. And uh, and so, but you know what I instantly thought of was the boy who played his little brother. I can't help but think about the people that are younger that are being influenced on set around anyone who, you know, and I, and I'm like, Oh my God, is he okay? So were the boys okay? Like, where were they when that happened? And, and were they in when earshot? When I lost my shit or mm -hmm. when he said that? Both. Oh, they were standing right there when he said that. Mm -hmm. Like he gestured at one and then gestured at the other. Mm -hmm. They were not a part of my tantrum. Mm -hmm. That was upstairs and in private. So you were an adult and you had your big feelings in an appropriate setting. Well, and, and also I didn't want yeah. them, I didn't want them to feel guilty for causing a problem. Yeah. I didn't want them to feel responsible for my emotional reaction. I didn't mm -hmm. want them to feel like, oh my God, now people are yelling. Okay. It was You just, were implicated though. That's the other thing. It's like, I think there should be like a demerit system for people not just that there should be like sensitivity training to be around children on children's sets, but there should be a demerit system or I don't know, maybe a zero tolerance policy for well, things like that. Here's a fun story. So I cuss a fuck ton mm -hmm. and we um, had someone that was very offended by the fact that I was cussing in front of children. Mm. And there were a number of policies instituted to stop my cussing mm -hmm. uh, and the way that I express myself. And finally, um, one of the Sprouse twins went, we, we worked with Adam Sandler. <laughs> We've heard all of the words. We're fine. <laughs> like, who made them anxious was the person who was tone policing, mm -hmm, who see. was judging. Well, also, it's was, a, there's a big difference between cussing yeah. and body shaming. Yes. Like, that's why. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I agree. Yeah. What makes kids uncomfortable is not necessarily what the manual says you have to do in front of a child. Mm -hmm. Like, you can absolutely shame a child into destruction without using one cuss word exactly mm -hmm. oh without doing anything that's not in the handbook mm -hmm. exactly well it's like that idea of like oh god this is such a dark thing to say but like when people are beaten with oranges um like in a pillowcase and so you don't see like the bruises so to speak so they have internal like injuries and it's like it's it's that oh, it's so dark. I apologize. That's okay. It's me. Uh, this is my. I'm. I'm. So, I'm we're we're vulnerable and I'm dark. I love that. I'm a dark, dark soul. But that's what it is. It's like it's like you're being beaten on the inside yeah. rather than you seeing yeah. them on the outside. Yeah. And if it doesn't show, it never happened. Right. Like don't Prove hit it. the face. Prove it. Don't hurt. I remember growing up too. Um, and my mom would always be like, don't, don't hurt. Not that I was physically abused often, but like, you know, I, I had like some older parents in an Italian household. Like we definitely got, uh, like one of the things my dad did when he was like tucking us in bed at night was like, he would snap the belt and like walk around the house and be like, who's in bed. But he, he never actually used it. I honestly only got spanked like once in my life. Um, but there was a lot of intimidation. And I think with my mom who's a stage mom, there was a little bit more of a physical physical element to the control. Um, and so we've, I've healed from that. I, I don't think you can ever fully forgive that. 
Um, because when you are commodified and there's any sort of fear in your relationship with your parent, I think that's when you're kind of like, this well, is hard. <laughs> and when people who love you make money off of you, mm -hmm. you know that. Mm -hmm. And I, again, there are many stories that are not mine to tell. For sure. But. You can Google them too, by the I way. I know. Yeah. <laughs> they were acutely aware of that fact. Yeah. Yeah. Transa and that's the thing is transactional relationships with people who say they love you. They start to become extremely superficial. Um, and I, and I got to a place uh, right towards the end of uh, my series where I was like, wow, this is really just like, this is a triangle. You're either my mom, my friend, or my manager. And you can only pick like two at any given time. And, and, and like I needed, I needed pretty much, I, I feel like at the end of the day now being a parent, I'm like, I needed a mom. Yeah. A mom first. Yeah. And, and I think I've said on this show, like a stage parent has to be a parent first. Can I tell you something really cool I saw? Yeah, We please. had, um, now, I would like to also say I'm not aware of it. Like, I'm sure these are problematic people for some people that I'm about to bring up. I would like you to just focus on this incident. Mm -hmm. So um, Jaden Smith was on Sweet Life. Sure. And Will and Jada were also on set, as was Jaden's acting coach. Mm -hmm. And the parents had a headpiece that was attached to the acting coach. And when they saw something that needed to be said, they spoke to the acting coach who related to Jaden. So they never crossed the line out of parent into acting coach. They never, they never weren't mom and dad. That's a really great hack. Isn't that, um, and because I just remember clocking that and being like, this is interesting. That's cool. You're, you're right, because when, when we talk about advocacy and like how we would change things on a production level, I think production immediately, their, their, their buttholes tense up and they're like, oh my God, we're not going to make our day because yeah, the parents yeah, yeah. are going to make sure their kids aren't like damaged. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they might have a drop of blood left when we're done. <laughs> but for real, I do think that like it, it's, it's, a, it's a top down, trickle down thing, right? It starts from, I think, the creators demanding that studios give them resources that they need to, you know, buy proper headsets for the parents and then hire the right drama, you know, dialogue, whatever. I think, I think before that, there is just, it, just commodification of actors. We're seeing it with the strike. We're okay. seeing it with, we're see, I saw, ugh, without, I don't even know if I signed any NDAs, but there was another... Uh, series that I was asked to come in for um, because at the time it was it it was the subject matter was autism it was mm -hmm. an autistic character mm -hmm. and uh, this was before I knew I was autistic but my daughter had already been diagnosed okay. and so I was vocally and verbally a, a part of the community mm -hmm. and um, and so I think they brought me in to kind of like green light and give my support of yay yes and I. I had so many problems with the script. And I said, I've got problems with the script. And they were like, no, you don't. What? Yeah, no, I do. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine because so-and-so understands autism because of this reason. And I was like- You were disable-splained. I was completely disable-splained. <laughs> but if, like, and this is what I'm talking about, they cared enough about the issue of autism 
to want to actually hire people in the community, but then wouldn't listen to me. A person of the community, too. Ex- because, mm-hmm. again, the difference between commodification and actually believing that someone has something unique and inherent to offer. Mm-hmm. Because there's this idea of like, well, if you won't, someone else will. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, if I won't, no one else will. Because mm-hmm. only me does what I do. Mm-hmm. And that is not a part of production think right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's already kind of like functioning like an AI. Yeah. It, it strives to be yeah. that way. It's it like, if you're to going to treat me well, it's for m- it's because I'm, be- it's like, no, if you treat me well, you get a better product. Mm-hmm. It's in your best interest to listen to me, to treat me well, to honor my inherent offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, that's not really a part of what happens right now? No, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's like, it's a well-oiled machine. Like, you yeah. know, you know, it, it, first ADs generally have like a very short lifespan. I think most of them die in like their like mid to late 60s. Mm-hmm. I think that was like, I remember seeing some sort of a DGA statistic about that. And like, it was because it's like, they are literally like machines. Our first AD kept that entire set happy. Mm. We lived to make Beth laugh. Mm-hmm. Beth Carell was the unsung hero of that entire fucking show. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Is she still with us? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I was yes. like, I was like, there's going to be something bad. I don't know. No, no, no. She, yeah. she, I, they're. They really she, are. The, the first oof. ADs really can be the unsung heroes when they're, when they are doing their job right. And yeah. there are some rock star first ADs. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, even that, it comes at a cost, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's. It's not like, yeah, it's very hard. I do think that we will, I hope that we'll, we'll, I'm a little disappointed right now. And I've mentioned this throughout us discussing this on this podcast. I'm a little disappointed that there's no conversation about mental health and minors um, in, in the negotiations. Allison Stoner has something. Yes. Okay. We've already discussed that. No, no, no. I mean, Allison and I are, I've created a coalition for child performers and Allison has uh, a new podcast that's going to be about the toddler to train wreck pipeline. Okay. She, All right. So yeah, so I'm just coming out. I'm coming in. I'm coming in after no, the No, but we would mind. love yeah. for you to join. I mean, it it is it is one of those things where I've been basically telling people like it's going to be Avengers assemble like soon. But it's a matter of like I I think she's so why I love talking about her because she just she proves my point. You know what I'm saying? She's the person who has done the work. Uh she's she should be the face of the movement, not me. I just have a podcast and I bitch about my child trauma, like, <laughs> but it doesn't, but again, she's fantastic. Each person brings something unique, unique to that and yeah. vital. But also too, like when you think about children, right? Like even if AI were to try to take over, like the implication, implications of taking children's likenesses and exploiting and commodifying them is, is, is inherently wrong. You, we already tell children that they don't have the right to be entities. Mm-hmm. How dare we well and take rem- their right to exist exactly exactly and remind and remember though too like we are paying the same dues as an adult but we're getting less coverage when there's intimacy coordinators from for you know of age people but not mental health you know social workers on set for kids so i do i do want to see some change i've 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 kind of like been sitting back and 
not really talking so much about it, but I love talking to someone like you who's lived it, seen it, been on the right side of it. You know what I mean? And, and, and so thank you, you know, for coming and sharing. You shared some good tea. Uh, don't worry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Think, all right. All right. I don't think okay. you said anything right. that's going to get anyone in trouble. I just think that folks want to get to know you for real. And they can, people are so, acute, like you said, acutely aware of bullshit that they just want to know that you're saying something that's like real. Like they've seen <sighs> you on a million interviews and they've, and they know what the, the, you know, the Sprouse guys have said on other interviews, but they do want to hear your unique take on, on the experience. So thank you for giving us that today, Kim. And thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes. And then where can everyone find you? Please just get back on TikTok. I I feel like everyone's going to want to follow you. Okay. So I'll go back to TikTok. It's usually Kim Rhodes, the number four and real because I'm super fucking original. Um, (laughs) I'm on Instagram, Kim Rhodes for you. Mm -hmm. Kim, no, it's not for you. It's for, for like reals. A, do you like Kim Rhodes for real? Kim Rhodes for real. Mm. For you is something else. It's not not anything fun. Kim Rhodes for real on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I have a podcast called the Wayward Podcast with my with my work wife Brianna Buckmaster. Amazing, and it's yeah. on Spotify and Apple yes. and anywhere you can yes. see those. Yeah. Fantastic. And what is the podcast about? It's just, well, we had enough people say, I wish I could just be a fly on the wall in one of your conversations. (laughs) So that's exactly what it is, is it's a topic and then we talk. That's good. People need that. People need you and they miss you. And so they can go check you out on the podcast. And thank you so much, Kim, for coming. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for watching this episode of The Vulnerable Podcast. To check out clips from the pod, check out The Vulnerable Podcast Clips channel and the YouTube link is in the description. 